in our lives and we say how nice we are. We say how kind we are. We say how loving we are. We say how peaceful and how giving we are. But when those things are tried by the fire and only showing us really where we are and are we doing it how it ought to be done. When you really think about it and when you really look at it, all the things, now think about it, that you have received, even the things that seems as though you couldn't have gotten, you got all those things because before you got them, you believed with all of your heart that you could have. That's a principle. And because you believed with all of your heart, you could have it. You went with a new spirit in your mind. There's evidence that we're running. Hope you enjoy our pastor's message. I'm Brother Michael Williams. Thank you for listening. We pray you were enlightened spiritually by our radio broadcast. If you would like a copy of our service or support us by donation, write us at Bethany Ministry Center, P.O. Box 6764, Alexandria, Louisiana, 71307, or call us at 318-561-0064 and leave a message. Join us next Saturday at 12.15 p.m. K-A-Y-T 88.1 FM 70,000 watts of gospel power <laughs> Beaming on the blue mountains of Mississippi And the flat plains of West Texas And the beaches and bayous of Louisiana K-A-Y-T 88.1 FM You are the Lord Greg Tejada, pastor of the Word Christian Center in Alexandria, Louisiana. I invite you to stay tuned as I share a powerful message from God's Word that will change your life. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And now, here's today's message. We know that everybody that has made Jesus the Lord of their life is a child of God. The Bible says we're all children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. And so when you get saved, that's not the end of the journey. That is just the beginning of the journey of God working in your life, certain qualities and characteristics that would make you effective and useful in the kingdom, you know? And so, and so after you get saved, there's a certain dedication and commitment and consecration that you have to have if God's going to use you, even though you might be his child, but can he use you? The Bible talks about people that are vessels of honor and people that are vessels of dishonor. So even as a child of God, you can live your life in a way that it brings honor to God, or as a believer, you can live your life in a way that you dishonor him, you know, by the choices and decisions that you make and, 
you know, and how you decide to govern your life, the, the values that you embrace, you know, make a real difference. And so, you know, in my search of the scriptures, you know, I found at least three kinds of people that God's looking for. Amen. And I shared two things with you. I shared two kinds of people God's looking for because the Bible literally says he's searching for these type of people. And so I want to be the kind of person that God's looking for. I want to satisfy his desire. Amen. I want to be useful in the kingdom because Jesus is looking for fruitfulness out of all of his children. Amen. You know, uh, John chapter 15 talks about that, how he said, I am the true vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me will bring forth fruit. He that abides not in me is cast forth as a branch and is withered. So we don't want to be those that wither on the vine. We want to be those that bring forth fruit. We want to be those that are planted by the rivers of water that bring forth fruit in our season. Amen. So the word rare means highly esteemed because of infrequency or uncommonness. Rare means valuable or choice. So when we talk about rare people, we're talking about people that God highly esteems uh, because they, are, they have consecrated themselves to the degree that they don't fit into the common mold. You know, there are certain qualities and characteristics that you can embrace and allow the Holy Spirit to develop in you that would make you uncommon. And so I call it rare people because there's just not a lot of people that really want to go on and let God maximize his power in them. You know, some people will get into uh, a mold where they just are comfortable and they get in a comfort zone and they're not willing to be stretched. And they're not, they're not willing to go the extra mile because everything looks good. You know, you, you get saved, your life gets better. Amen. But it can get better and 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 better. But some people just settle for good. Amen. Well, my life is good. And they think, well, I got a good life. You know, I'm blessed. Everything is good. But they're not willing to commit beyond that to go to a place called better. Amen. And so I talked to you last week about the pure in heart. God is looking for the pure in heart. The Bible says that the eyes of the Lord search to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is perfect toward him. Those are people that have the, the right motive in wanting to serve God. They are pure in their heart, in their motive, and they really want God to use them, and they are willing to pay the price for God to use them. I mean, you know it's going to cost you something to pay the price. God put a man in my life a, a few months after I got saved, and so this man sent me a book through the mail, and then every now and then I would call him, and every time he'd have a word from God for me. And every word that he gave me, this was included in it. It cost, it cost, it cost, it cost. And I took hold of that and said, you know what? It's going to cost me something 
to be sold out for Jesus. It's going to cost me my time. It's going to cost me my talent. And it's going to cost me even some money. My treasure. Amen. It just costs to obey God. Because, you know, there's times when people are wanting to do certain things and God's got you in a corner praying. Amen. Or he's got you going to church where everybody else gone somewhere, you know, having a good time. You know, so it does cost. It does cost for you to obey God. Second kind of person that we talked about was true worshipers. And Jesus talked about that. He said the Father is looking for true worshipers. He's looking for true worshipers. People that will worship him in spirit and in truth, in sincerity. They have no hypocrisy in them at all. They genuinely love God. And when they say praise the Lord, it comes from their heart. When they say, Jesus, I love you, it comes from the inside. When they say, Lord, I worship you and I need you, it comes from the deepest part of them. That's a true worshiper, a genuine worshiper, somebody that genuinely loves God and wants to obey God and wants to do God's will. Amen. And so I'm going to talk to you about the third kind of person that God is looking for, and it is the faithful. Amen. So we have the pure in heart, the true worshiper, and the faithful. Now, I know that those are three characteristics or qualities that God is developing in all of us if we let him. Amen. If you allow the Holy Spirit to work in you, he will remove the impurity from your motives. Amen. He'll cause you to love God genuinely. The way when you worship him, you worship him and it's for real. You're not just going through the motions. You're not just raising your hand and, you know, just going through the motion. You're not just saying a lot of stuff and your heart not connected. When the Holy Spirit really is working in you, let him work. He'll make a true worship out of you. Amen. He'll cause your motives to be pure and he'll certainly develop in you a faithful spirit. Amen. If you listen to the Holy Ghost, everything he's doing in you is working in you to make you more and more faithful because God have to have faithful people for the kingdom of God to function. The kingdom does not function at its highest capacity or at its peak efficiency if it doesn't have faithful people. And when we describe faithful people, we're talking about people that are trustworthy, people that are honest, people that are dependable, people that are loyal. The kingdom of God requires that. And one of the reasons why it's a requirement because God is faithful. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. God is faithful. Amen. And so he's looking for that in his children. If we are children of God, then we should possess the same characteristics and qualities that God himself has. Amen. All right, verse number nine says, God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see, God is faithful. And another place in scripture says that God is faithful that he will not allow you to be tempted beyond your ability. Amen. So God is a faithful God. Say that God is a faithful God. When I say God is faithful, what I mean is this. God is trustworthy. He's worthy of trust. God is honest. He never tells a lie. Amen. He don't sugarcoat anything. He have no hidden agendas or motives. 
He's dependable. You can depend on him. He's reliable. He can be counted on in trouble. He never changes. He is faithful. He is the faithful God. Amen. The trustworthy God. The true God. And we see that Jesus is the same way. He's the exact same way. The book of Hebrews tells us that Jesus is the faithful high priest. He is our faithful high priest. In Hebrews chapter 3, it says, Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and the high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him. So Jesus was appointed by God to be the Savior of the world, and the Bible says that Jesus was faithful to the appointment that God gave him. And he is our faithful high priest. I thank God that Jesus is faithful. And because of that, he's looking for people that are also faithful. And when God starts working in you, when you let him have his way, then he will work in you faithfulness. Now, faithfulness is a rare quality because it has to be developed in you. And you can teach your children faithfulness. You can teach people to be dependable and loyal and, you know, and doing the right thing. But Proverbs 26 says, Many a man proclaims his own loving kindness and goodness, but a faithful man who can find. So that just tells me that you got to look high and low sometimes to find somebody that's trustworthy, that's loyal, that's dependable, reliable, that's worthy of trust. I'm going to tell you, sometimes they're hard to find. And then in Psalm 12, 1, Psalm 12, 1 says, Help, Lord, for principled and godly people are here no more. Faithfulness and the faithful vanish from among the sons of men. So, so here the psalmist saying, help me, Jesus, help, Lord. <laughs> he said, it seemed like the faithful have vanished from off the face of the earth. So, you know, we have so many people now that are not learning to be faithful, that they're not trustworthy, they're not dependable, they're not loyal, they're not loyal, they're not reliable, and they have no faithfulness, which means you really can't depend on them. The Bible says that faithful, that, that confidence, having trust, having faith in an unfaithful man in times of trouble is like having a foot out of joint or a broken tooth. It's pretty painful. So you can't put confidence or have confidence in people that are not faithful. In other words, don't entrust things that are valuable to you to people that are not faithful. I had a lady come by that needed some help with a utility bill. And I asked her, I said, I said, well, what happened? She said, I gave my utility bill money to my brother who was supposed to go pay it. And guess what he did? He spent it and apologized to her, told he was sorry, and said, I'll make it up to you next month. Now, I want to know, how long has your brother been unfaithful? Because you don't entrust your riches or things that are valuable to you to people who are not trustworthy or reliable. Right? They're just going to get you in more trouble. 
because you're expecting something to happen. You're expecting a certain result or a certain outcome. And if they're not faithful, they'll let you down and they'll just say, well, I'm sorry. You don't loan money to people that's not faithful. Right? Because if they don't have a history of paying back, just go ahead and give them the money and don't expect nothing in return. Look, you're fooling yourself. Well, I'm going to trust you this time because they're on their knees begging. Yeah, but what's their track record? If they got a track record of not paying back means they're not faithful, then you can't put confidence that they're going to do it. So if you're going to help them, just go ahead and help them and don't, don't look for nothing in return. So sometimes when we help people, I just say, well, you can't pay me back. I'm not expecting nothing in return. But if God deal with you in that way and you want to do it, that's between you and him. But I'm not going to get myself bogged down expecting something from somebody that's not faithful. And sometimes you don't know when you make commitments or you entrust something to somebody. Sometimes you don't know, but once you find out, don't be a fool. You know, I learned the hard way. I helped somebody out of a jam, me and CeCe, one time. You know, I should have learned from the first sign. The first sign. This lady, you know, didn't have a place to stay. She was getting evicted from where she was. That's the first sign right there. Okay, because she had a job. All right, I'm not talking about people get laid off or they fall on hard times and things like that. Things just happen beyond their control. Sometimes people are in situations like that and they, and they need help. But this person, they had a good job, making good money, and got an eviction notice. And she went to the church, and the church wouldn't help her. That was my second sign. <laughs> I sent her to the church administrator. I said, well, go ask him for help. Well, he did the interview and stuff like that, and she came back and said, the church won't even help me. So me and Cece, the good Samaritan, <laughs> we'll help you. And boy, we stretched. We really stretched and said, now, look, I need this money back because she had a plan of how she's going to get it back. I said, look, I need this money back because I'm not giving this to you. We need this, but we're going to help you. All right. I gave her the money. And before the sun set, everybody say before the sun set, before the sun went down, somebody else had stepped in and had helped her and got her another place she wasn't going to even have to pay for. I said, well, good then. Well, good. I said, well, when you going to bring the money back? Oh, Brother Greg, oh, me and my daughters, we needed some stuff. And I took that money and I went and bought, I don't know what else she bought, but she bought stuff. <laughs> and that money was gone. But I'm going to pay you back just like I told you. And you know what? I didn't ever get that money. And I kept every now and then, I'd call to check on it. Because like I said, we needed the money. I said, when are you going to pay me? Then I found out she had moved to Atlanta. Out of state. So I got the telephone number and I called out of state. I want my $500. Every time I called her, she had a sad story. I said, well, you know, it's been, it's been two years. I said, you could have sent me $10 a month. You could have sent me something. You could have sent me $5. Amen. 
10 anything would have been better than zero. And so after I got off the phone with her that night, I said, listen, CC, the money ain't never coming back. Let's just go ahead and release her from the debt. I'm going to call and tell her she don't owe us nothing. And we're just going to go on with God. I said, because this is messing me up with her. I didn't want to love her. I wanted to kick her. And I knew that wasn't right. <laughs> so I said, Jesus, Jesus, I got to let this one go. Let me let it go, Lord. So I, I don't want to stop my own blessing here because my heart is starting to turn toward her wrong. So I had to be faithful to keep myself in the love of God and just, I said, let's just let it go. So next time we see her, you know, I'm not going to be asking her about the money and stuff. Unfaithful. Not trustworthy at all. Word don't mean nothing. God doesn't want you to be that way. He wants you to be faithful. Faithfulness is so misunderstood, yet it is required by God to be entrusted with the true, rich, the true riches. Your faithfulness to God speaks of your obedience, your consecration, your commitment, your values, your willingness to serve God and others. So faithfulness speaks loud and clear. When a, when a, when a person is faithful, they become very valuable. They become an asset to any organization. Actually, the world runs on the faithful. The whole world revolves around people that are faithful to get stuff done. Faithful people is what keep things moving. And, and people that have done studies on corporations will tell you there's what they call the Pareto principle, that 20% of the people in any organization do most of all the work and the other 80% is carried. So there's about 20%, 2 and 10, you can find that's faithful. And it's the same way in the church. You have 20% of the people that will hook up with you, and the other 80%, they're just going to come give their tithe, but they ain't going to serve, they ain't going to help, they're just going to come have a good time, go home on Sunday, they ain't going to commit to nothing. Not going to be faithful on anything. They'll sign up for stuff, and then don't show up when they're assigned to work. You give them guidelines, call your department head or your leader, if you can't be there, they don't call. So you got this handful of people that you have to call on to do everything. And you see, when you say, well, they don't use nobody up there but these folk, few folks right here. There's a reason why. The reason why you keep seeing the same people being used is because those people have proved themselves faithful. And you can't entrust things to people that are not faithful because they're going to let you down. You'll be expecting something to get done and it's not getting done, then you end up having to do it. Or you end up stressing somebody else out getting it done because they had their load they're taking. Now they have to take on somebody else's responsibility. You see what I'm saying? So you can see why God requires faithfulness. He requires that. 1 Corinthians chapter Four, so you can see how sometimes churches will, will struggle with growth. They'll struggle in their finances. They'll struggle with church attendance because some people haven't caught faithfulness. So you have people that will hit and miss with their tithes and their offerings, 
And you know what? The tithes and offerings pay the light bills. They keep everything functioning in the church. They pay for the salaries of people that are working in the church. God ordained it that way. If you go back in the Old Testament, you see that the Levites, they weren't even allowed to work. They were supported by the people. God didn't permit them to have jobs in the farm and to do all that. He wanted them wholly devoted to himself to do the service of worship and things like that. And so when you have people that are not faithful to give, they hit and miss with their tithes and offerings. In that area of just in giving, God requires you to be faithful. What about church attendance? Well, you have to be faithful in that too. If you want to stay connected to what God is doing in that assembly, you have to be faithful to attend. Because there's times that we have to meet with people that come in and say, Pastor, I, I feel disconnected. I, I feel out of place. You know, I feel like, you know, I don't belong here anymore. And then I look at their attendance record. And they come once a month or twice a month. You know, they dart in and dart out. Don't fellowship with anybody. I say, well, it ain't the Holy Ghost moving you. That ain't the Holy Ghost at all. You're just not faithful to come, so you feel disconnected. And I'll just use some simple analogies. I say, now, if you was on a team or in a band and you didn't ever go to practice and you showed up every now and then, you're going to feel out of place because they don't learn new songs since you was there. And now when they hit the note, everybody else is in step, you out of step. They don't learn new drills and you still got the old drill. Go, don't go to football practice for a week. They're going to put somebody else in your place. Amen. They're going to add to their playbook. And they'll put you in there and say, now run this play. And you say, what, what, I, I, what, what play is that? Huh? I don't know. What, what that, what's it, where, where do I go on this play? And they're out of place. And they feel disconnected. But it ain't nobody's fault but their own. So that's the reason why people feel disconnected. I don't feel like I'm getting fed there and stuff because you lost respect. And if you lose respect for the person that's ministering the word to you, you can't receive from them. If you lose respect for the people that's around you, you can't receive from them. And the devil is really good at isolating people and making people feel like they're disconnected when when you just have to resist that, but you have to develop faithfulness. If you get involved, you'll never feel disconnected. Even a water boy feels like he's a part of the team if he had every practice. The water boy get the same ring. He get the same ring all the other ones that's out on the floor doing all the work. But he is, hey, this is our team. This is my team. Glory to God. Yeah, because he's there. He's consistent. Faithfulness makes you feel a part of the kingdom. You stop participating in the kingdom, you're going to feel disconnected from the kingdom. Start feeling like you ain't even saved. It can get to that point. You don't even feel like you're saved anymore. You got to stay connected. Faithfulness is what keeps you connected to the plan of God for your life. So I, I know I've gone through times where I felt disconnected and stuff like that, but it was times that I had decided that I was going to pull back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm just pulling back. 
we got our feelings hurt a little bit. So I moved from the front row to the back row. <laughs> and as soon as the service over, you head to the door. I've been there. <laughs> and when my pastor did, he said, tell Greg I want him up on the front row. So I submitted to that, and I said, well, let's go on back to the front row where we was. <laughs> and I went on back to the front row. And then I got reconnected again. You got to be faithful. God is looking for the faithful. Let me just tell you some of the characteristics of the faithful. People who possess the characteristics of faithfulness will walk in uncommon blessing, favor, power, authority, peace, love, and joy. Faithful people are entrusted with what belongs to God. Numbers 12, 7 says, But not so with my servant Moses. He is entrusted and faithful in all my house. So God was able to entrust a great assignment with Moses. Now, it took a very faithful man to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt. You couldn't have anybody with that kind of assignment that was unreliable, that was not dependable, that was not trustworthy. God had to pick a man that he could trust and say, now Moses will be faithful with this assignment, and no matter how hard it gets, he ain't going to quit. I mean, you know, there are times he wanted to quit. 